Welcome back to the Barca Breakdown. My name is Adam. I'm here with Yus. What's up, guys? Another Champions League defeat, Yus. I used to be so depressed after these uh, really embarrassing moments, but now I am just, I'm just so numb to the pain, as I think you are. And what an awful experience the game was. Going up 1-0 at halftime, thinking we're in the clear, and then just seeing... Uh, shambolic defensive performance by a lot of the old guard, right? PK on that first goal, just absolutely no clue where he, where the defensive line is and thinks it's a safe ball going over top to Ter Stegen. It's not. Busquets <laughs> on the second goal, giving it up, and then Eric Garcia, unfortunately, just getting smoked by Lotaro Martinez. And, you know, you come into the game and you'll see that lineup, and I texted you about this use, and if you look at how the lineup was set up, you basically see no difference from the first game against Inter, Besides the fact that we had to put in um, PK for Christensen, who's now hurt. And that really had me worried because the game against Inter was so bad, right? And after the game, I had let my emotions get to me. I was doubting Xavi. I was doubting, I don't know, my love for Barca. <laughs> Not really, but I was doubting my love for like the sport. And like it's just, it's too much, right? There's been too, mu too many downturns uh, every single week. But, you know, even with the same exact lineup... We had a difference in this game, right? Mm -hmm. We had Pedri on the right side and Gavi on the left. Uh, we had, remember in the first inter game, we had the issue where it was basically give Dembele the ball on the right, pray that he'll create something. Rafinha on the left is completely useless in that position. Well, in this game, Javi switches Dembele and Rafinha, right? The other issue we had is that, you know, we need to put in Frankie de Jong or Kessie earlier. I believe in the previous game against Inter, we had Kessie come in like the 81st minute. This game, we get Frankie de Jong a little bit early, although probably not early enough. And so I just, I don't know where to stand, right? Like on some level, I think a lot of fans are going to have the reaction that the lineup was, was totally wrong and that Javi got tactically outplayed here, right? But like when you take a look at what happened in the game, we score three goals and we're let down by honestly three huge defensive mistakes. Yeah, I and so uh, I, it's it's a really nuanced. I don't know. I don't uh -huh. I don't know how to feel. Houston, before I get to uh -huh. to you, right? The only thing I would say is, in terms of the starting lineup, really the only difference I think we could have had there in terms of who we chose was putting in Balde over Alonso, which I think is the right choice. Balde got a little bit bullied in that second half, but I mean Alonso defensively and offensively did not put up a good game at all, and he's just not at the level to be starting. Um, but then everywhere else on the pitch, right, with Araujo, Kunde, Christensen all hurt, you really don't have any other center backs. I mean, your only other option is to basically put Frankie de Jong as a center back or put him as, you know, the CDM over Busquets, who had an, an atrocious game. And so it's, it's, a, it's a mixed bag here. You, so let me, let me let you talk. Yeah, yeah. Let's get your opinion. <laughs> so I'll, I'll start with just a few lineup points. I definitely think Balde should have started. We keep on playing Alonso only in Champions League, and we only played him in La Liga as that center back because we had to fill that position. But it's just ridiculous. Why is Balde the player that's getting all the time in La Liga ending up not playing these big games in the Champions League and we're just relying on relying on Alonso to be able to uh, just adjust only to those games which is very weird and then the other thing I thought uh, was that you know we didn't really have much of a choice on that Sergio Roberto right side he did also play somewhat of a midfield role not so much a right back mm -hmm. uh, position but I was really happy that he did play Dembele on that right side even though Rafinha on the left is not as uh, potent but overall, uh, as you mentioned about Frankie de Jong and him coming in, I... It was swapped, Yus, right? Uh, Rafinha was on the right, Dembele Oh, was sorry. On the right. Yeah. I think there was a time where they transitioned a little bit, where Dembele was playing quite a bit on the right, um, and I was thinking of that. Um, but yeah, 
uh, Javi needs to put in these players much sooner because we need to we need to stay ahead of the game. We can't just uh, you know again we've talked about this before reactionary decisions. At the end of the day, we were down two one at this point, and now we're making substitutes basically, and it's just too late for us. Uh, we need to make these changes much sooner. We need to stay ahead of the other team. I will say one thing: I really, really was um, just. I guess impressed by the intensity of all the players on the pitch. They really were looking to, you know, pour their hearts out over this game. Everybody's booking it down the pitch, trying to find the, you know, Lewandowski uh, several times, which he had that beautiful header over the top from Eric Garcia, which was a wonderful uh, and a wonderful assist. So overall, like. I, I get the the sadness that comes from this game because this is not the result we wanted. 3-3 three, three draw, we only got one point, and now they're still ahead of us with three points, and we're struggling. I really doubt we're not going to beat Bayern Munich, and we could beat Pilsen, and we would just have to bet on the fact that uh, Inter does poorly against every other team. But look, we don't want to be there. And um, I think this game was another situation or another uh, occasion of Barca failing themselves. They were their own worst enemy. We had so many shots on goal this game. We had many opportunities to score. And there were times that we should have scored extra. Um, and we ended up just letting up now, those yeah, blunders. I mean, yeah. Like uh, The only issue I have there is like you can give that we should have scored more, but so should have Inter Milan, yeah. right? There was that Dzeko, uh, I think, header in like the 16th minute where it like almost went in and then it came off and then the, mm, the second yeah, man just that. missed with mm-hmm. the rebound. Um, and so, you know, the, I think the first thing there that, that must be said is T- Ter Stegen did wonderful, Dude. right? He has really kept us alive this season in so many ways. And, and he, I, I, it's almost magical, to be honest, that he has gone from, you know, a few years of waning performance and, and, and falling deeper and deeper into like, you know, middle of the pack goalkeeper to once again being just what I think of as a world class goalkeeper. So I'm I'm really happy there. Yeah, and like at the end of the day, I think the defensive line let Ter Stegen down. He was blocking so mm-hmm. many shots. He was um I think he had a great one on one block uh with his left leg that uh, near the end of the game that could have taken it to be four three and then that would have been the end of us a hundred percent. So he You know, what's uh-huh. funny use about that uh-huh. is that I uh I, I watched our friend Dan from the Barcelona podcast talk about his main points from the game and one of them was the final end of an era, which is just such a twisted but very true, hopefully true message, right? Is that in this game we really saw uh Busquets PK just fail us, right? Fail us very hard. And uh, the, they just made huge mistakes that cost us goals. Mm-hmm. And, y- you know, the final end of an era is funny because after Anfield, <laughs> after Roma, right, after Bayern 8-2, after last season, there were so many moments when we thought this is the end of an era. And unfortunately, we have just had to... You know, it's like having, I, I don't know, it's just the worst experience possible, right? Is that we keep saying end of an era and it never ends. But I, I, I mean, I do think this is the final nail in the coffin, right? PK, who Javi said he didn't really want him this season. He refused to take the pay cut they wanted him to take uh, entirely. He stick, stuck around. You know, it seemed like he was going to try and, and make an attempt. And I had been high on PK because I thought last season before he got injured, he was really good. But he was just atrocious here today, right? And then Busquets just looks so slow. I mean, you got you to gotta sub him out earlier. Um, 
But I, I can't absolve Xavi of all blame here, right, Yus? I mean, you know, as much as I am highlighting the fact that it was certain players making a mistake, like, yeah, why are we starting Mar- Marcus Alonso, right, over Balde? Mm-hmm. Why does that need to happen? Why uh, at the weekend when we had, for the first time in a long time, the left wing cooking, as they call it, because we had Jordi Alba... Ferran and Gavi interplaying and moving fluidly, attacking the half space. Like, why did we not repeat that? As much as Jordi Alba is one of those end of an era players, like, I really do think Jordi Alba could have provided more tonight than Alonso. And even compared to Balde in terms of offense right now at this point in their careers, I still think Jordi Alba offers a little bit more. And so I was hoping to see him. But, you know, where do you chalk up this loss? Because we've had so many times we talked about Javi in the low block, our inability. Like, this is a little bit of a different game, right? Where we do score three goals. Uh, and we get some big mistakes. Like, wh- wh- what is your what is your takeaway going into the Clasico this weekend and like the rest of uh, the rest of the season? Are you happy with Javi? Um, uh, of course, you're not entirely happy, but sure. how do you feel? Uh, I think there's so much more to be desired from him because there is a lot of hot and cold. Uh, this game in particular, right? I think, like I said earlier, the performance of the players was at a high intensity. They really understood, and I'm sure Javi reinforced the importance of this game. And uh, probably, uh, you know, having Dembele getting his support on the pitch so that we can push forward and score goals in this game, uh, I'm sure Javi was able to, you know, make a plan for that. But I think he did fail in the fact that we keep having the same complaint. Why are we doing these weird lineups? Why are we not subbing players on time? Uh, why aren't we taking advantage of the uh, of the players that we have that we spent so much money for and utilizing those players, right? You're talking about Ferran Torres, $55 million, and he was playing him a ton last season, and now we don't see him having any time because now we also bought Rafinha for $50 million. But then why isn't Ferran Torres getting time? Because if he did so well last game, why are we not reusing that strategy or implement, implementing it somehow? And let's say it doesn't work. You have Rafinha. You have Fati. You can make those adjustments but I feel like at the end of the day we're failing um the team is being failed because they're not they're not having that support they're not having that rotation they need to um or he needs to excuse me he needs to kind of bust her down and be like hey I made my initial plan at the start of this game it's not going as exactly as I planned obviously because the game is so dynamic I need to make adjustments but those adjustments are coming very late so at the end of the day, it's it's hard to put like a, a quantitative value on like, you know, the responsibility of this game. Um, but I will say that, you know, the players played their hearts out and I wouldn't blame them for this uh, result, except for uh, mm-hmm. Boost gets in uh, uh, PK. PK, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, one player I want to highlight, and we all know, I mean, of course, right, I'm Dembuz's number one fan in the world, <laughs> that first goal where you have Rafinha, you know, saving a ball at the touchline, passing it to a Sergio Roberto, who's made a run into that uh, area between the center backs and the back in the in the penalty mm-hmm. box, then, you know, crossing over to Dembele, Dembele grabbing the badge, I mean, in that moment, how happy, you know, were we all, um, but I'm also a huge fan of Frankie de Jong, right, and he comes on, uh, and just has a very good game. He has an ability, like no one else on our team, to help take the ball from a little bit deeper in the field and move it up forward, right? Uh, and he he can do it in a much more, uh, a way that involves more dribbling than Busquets at this stage, right? Uh-huh. Probably not as good of a passer, but he's able to like to take the ball from back deep, dribble it forward, and find, you know, whether it's on the left, right, or the center, where to get the ball and, and distribute it. And so <sighs> Frankie de Jong was hurt. 
Um, he just came back from injury, played his first few minutes at the weekend, and so I understand he couldn't start. But I do, I do feel like Javi's a little bit too locked into this Pedri, Busquets, Gavi uh, midfield mm-hmm. trio. And I think what we see is right, like a game at the weekend where we're uh, against Celta Vigo, where we're able to win and everything looks good. There are definitely moments when when Gavi's strengths and Pedri's strengths they all work together in a in a very uh, fluid way, and we're able to see them kind of at their best. But then I feel like against these low blocks, sometimes you get Gavi out there, who is a great player, and I love Gavi, right? But against certain uh, defensive lineups when they're going to park the bus so hard, he isn't always the best at breaking through, uh, at at making runs, at allowing us to, to you know to beat the defense. And so I really do hope um, Javi will make some changes, and and, and we'll see Frank De Jong more uh, as a center ba- as a, a CDM covering for Busquets, or you know w- with a, another two midfielders. Um, up front. Yeah, and why aren't we playing Kessier, right? We have this guy who played in the Italian league. Uh, he's probably more familiar with their offensive and defensive strategies. Um, he's a strong midfielder. He, he has only had a little bit of time trickled in here and there. He mm-hmm. certainly can be more um, athletic than Busquets, more aggressive. And uh, I just don't get why we're not using him to an extent. We should have subbed him on earlier. You know, Pedri and Gavi were running up and down the pitch as, uh, I, on countless times. Pendry was chugging it and making passes and interplaying with the left side. And, you know, they're going to get fatigued. And the, that's part of the issue is we're pl- we were playing so hard in this game that our players started getting tired and then defense lacks, right? Because we're, we're pushing it so hard. So if we're not making those subs in time, players get fatigued. And then it's easy for like Lataro Martinez to take advantage of our defense and break through our lines. It's easy for... Um, uh, one of those long passes from the goalie to go over the top and they find that, I think it was the third goal. Um, Those are the kinds of things that ends up screwing us in the end by not making those substitutes or not trying out new players. Um, Mm -hmm. And I just, I don't know what we can do to be like, hey, you need to make subs sooner. Who's who's not supporting this, right? Like it shouldn't be the it shouldn't just be us. Obviously, being like we need more subs. It's got to be his offensive team and his defensive team talking to him about uh, the the strategies of the game and the dynamics. But I don't know. I do want to shout out. I mean, you're right, uh-huh. right? Like we don't get until it's we're down we're down two one. We get Anzu on for Rafinha and then Frankie on for uh, Busquets. And then, you know, we don't make another sub until like the 73rd minute where we get Kessier on for Roberto. And so I think that's a, one of the most consistent points you've had all season use is, is being upset about Javi not changing quicker. And, I, you know, I'm not an expert on Javi's period at Al Saad, <laughs> no doubt about it. But one of the recurring trends I've heard a lot, and it's something I think we're already starting to see, is that Javi can be a bit stubborn. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that's something I've heard that that was shown when when he was coaching there that like he is very stubborn he wants to have a system that just he plays every game the exact same and hammers it in until it works and like you know sometimes with with uh, uh, a game that's so uh, quick and dynamic like like soccer and football like there's you know you can't always play the same way and so I, I just it feels it gives you heartburn right the idea that after an intergame where we came on here and we were so upset that we lost and that the team didn't look good at all we play the same lineup mm-hmm. right that just it's it just it, i can't help get over the fact that um that happened well and i do think part of the three goals that we scored in today's game Lewandowski was um just so clinical. I don't think it was a strategic 
outcome of a sp- specific play, right? Because uh, one of his second goal was the one that deflected off and then it came back to mm-hmm. him and he was able to just quickly put it back into the uh, box. So that was just kind of a fortunate circumstance. The Eric Garcia over the top, um, I think that was a little bit more... Um, not planned out it just he felt fa- he saw an opportunity and Lewandowski was able to jump high enough and just over mm-hmm. or beat his man and header it in beautifully so like um I don't know if we were able to create except for that first goal with as you mentioned Sergio Roberto and Dembele that was probably one of the uh the most orchestrated plays that we had but other than that I think a lot of our goals were just coming in you know not luck but just kind of fortunate circumstances well well it comes from right uh Lewandowski's individual brilliance yeah. right and that's a recurring theme we have too is that yeah we're not scoring the team goals that we saw last mm-hmm. season right you go back and you watch that real that classical from last season where we won 4-0 and like you're seeing some amazing interplay you're seeing Ferran Torres Alba play off of each other and then you're seeing you know Aubameyang put away some some great balls and and yeah it just it, it never feels like that this season a lot of times it feels like Lewandowski just saves the day again, right? <laughs> yeah. Which uh, takes us back to some dark times. So, uh, I, I'm <laughs> I'm sad, guys, right? Because we now have to basically beat Bayern Munich, mm-hmm. which is very hard. Beat Pleasant, and then we have to hope that Inter Milan doesn't win either game against Bayern Munich. Which you know, on the last game day, last match day, I think is that game. I think uh, Bayern might rest a lot of players, and yeah. that's tough. And then against Pleasant, you got to think that Inter Milan are going to win. I mean, what is also infuriating is that this is not a very good Inter Milan team who we just lost to. So what does it say about us, right? Yeah. But, like, this Inter Milan team is not fighting for the uh, Serie A title this season. So I don't know, guys. I hope this helped you uh, <laughs> get some some venting out. Mm-hmm. You know, let us know in the comments. Just treat it as your personal psychologist. Let us know your, your thoughts and your, your, uh, your pain because we're there with you. And the worst part, use is that we can't even wallow in our own self-pity because we have a Glasgow coming up yep. on Sunday. I'll be in Texas, so we're going to have to see how we get together, use, but we will be here to cover the game. Thank you all so much. Thanks, guys.